Welcome to Around the Table, a new source for Christ-centered teaching and conversations from an apostolic Christian perspective. Living in a digital age offers many benefits. For instance, having a resource like this on your smartphone. But there are dangers when instant access to information is presented in a post-Christian, tolerance-is-supreme culture. Listen in as two elder brothers discuss how we can navigate the dangers and support one another. We're here today to talk about discerning truth in the digital age. I'm Nick Gutwein, elder at West Lafayette Church. And I'm Greg Lehman, the elder at the Wolcott Church. And we look forward to having this discussion today. So Greg, maybe one of the first things for us to just talk about is, is this really an issue worth talking about? How much of a priority is it? You know, I find it to be very much relevant in, in our church here in West Lafayette. Do you see it the same way? Oh, clearly. There's, you know, tremendous change and the change keeps coming really fast. You know, I reflect back in the 70s when you and I graduated, you know, there were, it was kind of uh, not cool for a male to even take typing. Isn't that fascinating to <laughs> think about today? You would be crazy yeah. to not know how to manage a keyboard. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. And so, you know, I'm thinking about really, it's quite a blessing that we were able to kind of be in the middle of this massive change to the digital age. You know, I think it's, uh, it helps us. I, you know, I don't know what it's like for you to communicate, you know, talk about life before a cell phone and life before a computer and, right. you know, fax machines and right. telex machines. Yeah. I never did get a text from my elder, but I do send <laughs> quite a few of them. Yeah. You know, so there's things like that, clearly, where it's, it's been extremely helpful for us. And often I think, what would the Apostle Paul do yeah. with the technology we have today? It'd be wonderful, right? Yeah. He would be finding ways, uh, I think, beyond what we're doing. And, and so we have opportunity to look at the positive sides. And then I think part of our concern, just as we talk today, is what are the, what are the things we got to be aware of as yeah. we think about it as church leaders and just as Christians in general? Uh, how do we understand the dangers and the risks of, of living in the middle of this information? Age. Right. And how do we guide, disciple and pastor and equip our churches to deal with it? And especially the young generation as they move up and have to deal with things that, well, we didn't have to deal with, but we understand the dangers and pitfalls of them. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, as you think through that, what, what do you see as some of the biggest pitfalls? Uh, well, that, to me, I think the, the most glaring one is that this combination of, uh, first of all, this digital age is good, right? We've benefited from it. I mean, God uses that for good. And we have in our church, and um, I think it's great. But I think there's also some significant um, potential for, for um, you know, for danger and for, um, for the real challenge to our church. And to me, it's, a, it's two things. It's One is just the secular worldview of, uh, that we have. You combine that with the digital age, and it's like an accelerant to um, false doctrine. Basically, that is uh, saying there is no absolute truth. Uh, it's the postmodern, post-Christian view where relativism and pluralism are rampant. And our biblical view is, is rejected. Absolutely. We go back to the Old Testament. You know, God made himself so clear that he was one God and he was the only God to be served. And as we think about how his chosen people interacted with the heathen nations and how important it was to him that there was no mix with their religious philosophies, their idols, whatever it would be. And so today we have information that comes. It's just got this mix so subtle in it and uh, can be hard for us to discern. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wonder, you know, just a thought on how do we approach this then? I Maybe we should share some thoughts on that. For, for one, for me, I think it puts a premium on pastors and churches to teach the truth. 
in a way, maybe that's more intentional than in the past. So we, I don't believe we can put walls up and just kind of isolate us from this world. We're in it and we have to deal with this age. I don't think that our, we can rely on our uh, strong heritage in terms of the uh, modeling of that alone. I think we have to teach very intentionally uh, against this worldview. And really the gospel message, this one way you talked about, we believe that Jesus Christ is God's son and that is the way to reconcile with God. And I think we have to use the digital age actually to our advantage to get this message out. It's kind of like a, I call it like a sports analogy to me, which is, you know, our best defense is a good offense. Absolutely. You know, and I think so through that, one of the offenses that I see is, is really just more than ever, it's important that individual believers know what the Bible says and really understand the truth, you know, because there's no way as, as a spiritual leader that we can train and teach fast enough to identify every deception that's out there. So I think, you know, just news comes fast. It comes unfiltered. Um, it comes from all, all kinds of varieties of social medias. Um, even the traditional news services are finding themselves scrambling to keep the pace because the news can be out before they get to do it, and that's their business. And so because of that, it seems like there's less filtering uh, there's less editing and there's more opinions. And those opinions uh, include a lot of false doctrines and, and just a lot of philosophies that don't agree with, with our worldview through uh, the lens of the Bible. So I totally agree with that. I think, do you think that we, as we were growing up at, at our era, sort of um, we, we followed what was modeled to us and that what was brought down to us, we believed to be true and we didn't have as much noise. And therefore, um, it's just such a different world in terms of how we teach and how we train. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the pace is different. Um, the information is rampant. You know, at this point, um, I think we've reached the point where the knowledge of men is doubling in less than a year. And that pace wasn't anywhere close to that when we were uh, going through our repentance and establishing our Christian values and and those that stage of our life that that stage of growth so we have that impact on young believers but we, but it's the same on old right we all older uh, seasoned believers we all we're all facing this level of information this access at the same pace so it is and I think so we put ourselves in this culture and one of the terms that I've heard even with our own denomination is the term we need to be culturally relevant. And I want you to think about that. I was going to share my thought on it. I think I, I don't really like that term. I, I feel like that, um, at least the way I understand it to be, because to me, it seems like the word of the gospel is always relevant. It has spanned the, the, the history, the generations, all ages, all eras. The gospel is always relevant. No second edition. No second edition in the face of any culture. And so um, there are very few things that don't change. And one thing is, is what we believe in the word of God, right? And so if relevant means to fit, then I, I reject that. I don't think we want to make this message fit the culture, but I think we need to speak into the culture, right? speak into the culture and the way uh, information is shared today. What do you think about that? Well, definitely, you know, and, and I think as we, as we look at that, we see that God, God views, he's tolerant, right? And, and uh, of, of the sinner, because he sent Jesus Christ for each one of us. And so his love for us is clear. It's, it's very clear. But it's also clear, he makes it very clear that sin separates us from God, from him. 
from our relationship with him. And so we find ourselves in a society, right, where when we live that life separated from sin, it separates us from our society, which leads into the labeling of intolerance. Right. How you feel about that intolerance that yeah. we're labeled with, it, Nick? It, it's a great word today. It's a it's a an incendiary word, you know, to be intolerant. Um, and so uh, on the surface, this worldview of tolerance and open to all and your truth is your truth. You know, uh, you believe this and I believe that and that's all OK. But I think um, and it appears actually reasonable and loving and kind, but it actually is very deceptive. And I think for the reasons you mentioned, because there are certain things, I mean, obviously sin and certain pathways that lead us and lead our churches and our people down a very, very treacherous path. And so I think um, it's good to be tolerant, to be loving to an extent. But when it comes to sin and what the truth of the word says, we have to stand behind that. And I think it was through the epistles and, um, and the pastoral letters of Timothy and Titus, it was so emphasized that we'd be facing this kind of deception. And Paul emphasized it. The letters emphasized that we really have to... Um, you know, fight against that and to preach and teach against that. Yeah, I agree with you. And at the same time, I think this, you know, there is really no substitute for a firsthand knowledge of the word as yeah. we teach, you yeah. know, and I, and I love, we talked about how we can use technology. I mean, I'm a strong user of AC Central. I listen to it a lot, but even in my personal life, I've found that that's good. I, I and I want to, but it's not a substitute um, for my own personal quiet time, meditation time with the Lord uh, I know as I visit with converts, they'll be familiar with this. I use a little acronym called RPMs, which stands for read, pray, meditate, and share. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't get that meditation time when you fast track the gospel, if you want to say it that way. And, and I think really to stand against these kinds of deceptions where they're packaged very um, subtle and as tolerance is really love and acceptance, yeah. So to to arm ourselves where we go back as in the, in those uh, letters that you referred to, you know, to arm ourselves so that we can respond, we recognize that we need to confront, but we need to be able to do it without conflict. And that's a gift. And it's uh, hard just to strip out the emotion, if you want to say that, and to continue just to approach it with, with clarity, that we know what we stand for because uh, we haven't, uh, we've studied the Word, and the Word is is in us, and it's it's something that... Uh, instills and motivates us from a personal level. It's actually very exciting to me. I think we have a, tre a tremendous opportunity to um, elevate the word, as you say, and to really, really teach it and have it be primary as we guide and disciple, you know, those in our churches, because that is the remedy. That truth is the remedy. You and I have talked before about, you know, how do you, how do you deal with counterfeit, mm -hmm. false doctrine? Right. Well, you can chase all the false doctrines you want to, but at the end of the day, knowing the truth more and more, closer and closer to the Word of God, is the way. Do you agree with right. that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think too, just as we look at that, we we've clearly seen a lot of uh, opportunities advance in our our refinement of of Bible studies and having that opportunity even to pull together and use those as a group to say, okay, how, what are we dealing with? And I, I think, you know, just even on a local level, just to encourage cross-generational and even cross-gender mm -hmm. interaction to really talk through those things and to be real about the things that we're facing, to really be open as was, I mean, Titus, you know, how can you become a Titus church, which is just clear, 
about its uh, its directives that it's cross generational. Let's let's be together. Let's 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 make it happen. And let's be let's be open with each other and our problems. You know, we you hear the term a lot, transparent and vulnerable. Right. And I hope it doesn't turn out to be cliche for people because the truth is it's very biblical right. to be open with our our faults, with our challenges, so that we can help each other uh, navigate through these very difficult times. I think it's and so you know in a lot of ways relationships become a critical part of how we pastor today, so that we can we can establish credibility with our youth and help them through these times. You know, I think back to this issue of truth and, and, the, and the question that Pilate asked Jesus, which really was rhetorical, mm-hmm. was what is truth, right? right. And they've been asking that question since the beginning of time. What is truth? And we have the truth right before us in the word of God. Right. And so I think, you know, as we pastor that, giving that truth in the, in the way of the word and supporting that in the face of this completely, you know, broken world is, is just an incredibly important task for us. Right. And the only way to know what isn't truth is to know what is. Right. And that's, and so to lead in that way and to encourage those types of, of studies personally and interactions and openness. And again, I think one of the things that we've seen, right, about the, the information age is that while it leads to this kind of unique connectedness, it also leads to a disconnectedness. And that open relationship that you that you shared there it's it's personal right we need to pastor in a personal way we need to be connected to people we need to be spending time and the the smartphone has blurred that so much you know sometimes we maybe you've seen it where you've been at a at a meal and you say are you texting each other yeah. and uh, the, just in that communication but it takes the spaces in our lives and and kind of makes them all one yeah uh, sometimes you know it's we can we can be working on a hike. We can we we can do almost anything with uh, with what we anywhere. carry anywhere. And so you know, sometimes as a result of that, we lack being who we're with. We need to be who and be with who we're, be we're with. Right? So right. be yeah. present with them. Uh, and clearly, as we're, if we're going to really iron sharpen iron with each other's believers, we need to be engaged when we're together. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know if you've done this, have a family policy or whatever, but I've heard families that when they get together, they have a basket where they just drop their cell phones in them so that they don't have interruptions like that. You do anything like that? Well, we haven't gotten that far. in church, do you have people at church, you know, on the phones? uh, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming that they're, that they're using their search and and looking something (laughs) up, right? (laughs) No, um, we haven't done that as far as the basket, but we do have a no phones at the table or no answering phones at the table uh, rule, and we stand pretty strong with that because we see our supper table as our family altar, right. time to share our hearts with each other, uh, time to read and pray together, and so we just don't feel like all those other interruptions from other people are acceptable at that point in time. So um, that's what we try to do, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's you know there's different ways, and, and uh, it's good sometimes to to remove them and particularly to, to be committed that you're going to spend time with each other. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think if you look at our, you know, where our church is headed with respect to technology and with respect to this whole aspect of communication with our, with the people, uh, it's an exciting time ahead for us. I think we can look at this kind of two ways. One is let's get, uh, let's have fear and let's protect and, and hunker down. Or we can look at it like let's let's take advantage of the technological tools we have, and let's influence this secular uh, worldview out there so that we can equip people with the tools of the Word of God 
to be able to fight against it, to be able to, to win the battle. Yeah, it's here. We don't have a choice. No, really, we no. don't. It's it's here. We've got to we've got to learn how to function uh, with it, and uh, you know, it's 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 just another layer of being in the world, but not of the world. And Absolutely. Christ made that very clear through Absolutely. His teachings. You know that that would happen in His high priestly prayer. He he covered us. He covered. He knew when He was praying that that we would be here today. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that comforting to know that He prayed also for us in that prayer, yeah. knowing we'd be here today? I, I find that to be incredibly comforting and it applies to any culture any generation any time frame right that prayer is 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 pervasive yeah the timelessness of the word the truth and and its applications so in that way we can be encouraged that uh like i think you shared you know it could be it can be a little overwhelming as you read some of those chapters and say we are in these times yeah but we also know that the victory is ours if we are in Christ Jesus and he's going to see us through to the end. Thanks for listening. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church of America.